Hey, this is Mary, and welcome to Sniff Dog Talks Dogs. I believe it's episode 25. Um, And I was just reading an article. uh, Somebody had posted something, of course, on Facebook. And it was written by Dr. Becker, Dr. Karen Becker. Um, She's a holistic vet that has been around. I opened my shop in 2006, the end of 2006. And I had heard about her immediately um such a great reputation her whole family i've met her whole family um at the show she has her um, becker's bites and uh she's just great and she's always up on the latest um you know of the more natural holistic side of things and uh so i was looking someone had posted in an article that she had written about uh dog food and how the vets, you know, um, will sometimes want to put a dog on like a therapeutic food. Um, you know, and it was nice to see people responding to it, responding positively to it. And to her, um, my friend Gina, who, um, she still owns her pet supply store. Uh, she makes me take her picture with Dr. Becker when we go to the shows. She's kind of her idol. So, um, so it's kind of cool, but, um, but she did, you know, she brought up some really good points that, um, you know, I think people kind of really don't um, maybe put the connection together. You know, um, not everybody wants to take the time or has the time or the finances or anything to to um, cook for their dogs and um, or feed raw. You know, some people are against that. Some people do absolutely every single thing that their traditional vet tells them to do. And there's nothing wrong with, with any of these ways to do anything. Um, however, I think the benefits of feeding your dog something that is more on the fresh, more on the homemade side, more biologically appropriate for them. I think just common sense wise would say that it would probably be better utilized in their system. You know, it would be healthier for them. Uh, I know I took care of, I took care of this sweetest little um, Catonde Teller named Chi. She was very, very sweet dog and very nice family, very nice woman um, that, that uh, owned her. And, um, she cooked for her and funny thing was the woman was a very strict vegetarian and she cooked for her dog and she had freezers all over her house she had little those little mini freezers that are probably like two cubic feet or something but um she had those all over her house and she would spend probably like one day a month uh cooking and she would cook you know chicken and organic eggs and organic vegetables and freeze them in little baggies and then she would just pull them out you know when she needed them I mean luckily you know she was a small dog but um you know people do that for their dogs I I had a friend um my friend Beth that had two great Danes that I took care of and she bought a massive chest freezer uh to have the raw food that she fed to her two great Danes um you know that was kind of a last resort she was doing kibble and uh you know, ended up raw food was the best thing, um, that she ever could have found, particularly for Callie. Um, they're female. It just, it, she had, um, I want to say she had, she ended up with like mange. I think, I think she had like Addison's or she was, she was probably heading towards like Cushing's or something. And, um, raw food cleared everything up, hair grew back, everything, all blood work came back normal, like just disposition changed back to normal, like just such an amazing turnaround. Um, it's just so amazing when you see what happens when somebody, you know, a, a dog or even a person, you know, when they really get onto what their diet is and, and, um, you know, to, to making a, an effort to eating better and, you know, more consistently and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it, it's true for dogs, you know, I saw it with a lot of dogs that would come through my shop, people would come in and, and, um, you know, they want the best food that we had. And it's so particular to each individual dog. Um, 
but there is, you know, there, there are the ins and outs and, and I don't profess to know all of them, but I did learn a lot at the shows that I went to, you know, over 10 years and I would always go to the lectures and, and, you know, I'd talk to the reps and, you know, they were manufacturing reps and everything. And, um, you know, so I learned a lot about the industry and how the food is made and, um, you know, stuff about AFCO and, you know, there's a lot of, I think, um, you know, you could call it the fox guarding the hen house. Uh, a lot of the, the regulations that are made are, they're made in favor of the big companies. And, um, you know, there's a lot of kind of loopholes. Like, you know, one is, um, you know, if something isn't expressly forbidden to be put into dog food, then it can go into dog food. So that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, so I think that's where we kind of end up with some inferior products and then people slap a really, you know, flashy, great graphic, uh, label on it or commercial. And, um, you know, people just kind of think, oh, okay, it must be great. Um, general rule of thumb, if you can't understand it, if you can't read it, pronounce it, probably not a good idea, um, to be buying food that has that. I saw people would come in with, um, you know, really small dogs and they'd get a 30 pound bag of food that would last them like six months. And I mean, God helped that dog when it got to the end of the bag. I mean, who knows what would be happening with it. Um, you know, I would always advise people get the smallest bag that you could, um, you know, for your dog, for your financial circumstances, storage, you know, all that. I, I mean, I've talked about this before. I talk about it all the time. Um, but it's such an important thing because, I mean, you think about it, think about it, like when you go to eat, you know, you want to enjoy it. You want it to nourish you. You want to feel good. You want it to do well for you. I mean, it's the same with a dog. Um, you know, what is the idea that dogs can just eat food, the same food every day and be happy about it? Um, I personally, I think that just goes to the, the, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like, uh, it's like the innate dogness, like the primal aspect. They don't, I think they just don't put the emotional, um, baggage, if you will, onto food that we as people do. Um, you know, we use it to celebrate birthdays and weddings and, you know, happy events and let's go out to dinner and, you know, let's get a cake and, you know, I'll bring in cookies to work cause it's the holidays and, you know, that kind of thing. Dogs don't have that emotional response. Um, you know, they, they have their conditioning and associations that they make. So yes, when you're, you know, housebreaking them, it's, you know, you can use treats, you know, you can use high value treats for certain things. And, but that's about as far as it goes. I think it goes more towards behavior and not towards emotion. So, um, I think some people probably say that's a really far out way to think about it, or maybe I'm putting too much on dogs, but I think their primal instinct, um, is, is way more, um, at play in the fact that they can eat food consistently, um, the same food consistently and be happy about it. Uh, or at least not, you know, not be happy about it. I knew for my guy, if he didn't eat the food, something was wrong. It was, I mean, he wasn't a chow hound, but, um, he wouldn't turn away food just for no reason. He didn't overeat if he was fully stopped eating. You know, he didn't always finish his food, but, um, you know, he just kind of knew, I think they have an innate knowing a lot of times people say, Oh, my, my dog is just, you know, just off his food all of a sudden. And asking a few couple of quick questions can sometimes get to the bottom of it. Cause it could be as simple as the bag is too old. Um, you know, it's food that's been around too long and your dog senses something way before you do. Um, you know, so there's things like that, but the, the article was interesting in saying about how, um, you know, a, a fifth, um, like tear was brought into play 
of when when vets assess a dog that comes into their office and you know when they take like their vitals they they also are like hmm are these dogs on a you know therapeutic food um which you know ushers right in the food for Yorkies and the food for Bernie's Mountain Dogs and the food for Springers and the food for arthritis. And, you know, I always said for the longest time, like, how how is a Springer Spaniel system so different from a Poodle's? Um, you know, is there a huge difference between a Yorkie and a Bernie's Mountain Dog? That I think you might have some room for, for an argument. Um, you know, but in terms of like cardiovascular system, digestive system, brain activity, uh, you know, neuro, you know, all that stuff, like they're, you know, the neuro pathways, um, you know, ligaments, bones, joints, they get the same diseases, you know, some we see in, you know, more like uh, larger breeds may have these, you know, a propensity to get this disease and hip dysplasia and that. I mean, a lot of think, think it, I think a lot of that is genetic, you know, breeding and and all that kind of stuff. And you get like the really rare, like fiddle front, you know, the weird legs and stuff, but that's such rare stuff. But, um, you know, I think messing around, putting, putting this like therapeutic food and food for this and food for that and replacing just good old common sense, a healthy food, something that's appropriate for a dog and made from, from wholesome ingredients. I think you're just asking for trouble you know, and you end up like dogs, you know, I hear people say, oh, the vet said my dog's a senior. And, you know, it's like a cockapoo that's seven. It's like, you know, it's got to go on senior food. And, and I've always said, you know, I would tell everyone, I mean, how many times a day did I say it? I'm not a vet. I'm not giving veterinary, you know, dispensing veterinary um, recommendations or anything like that. However, you know, <laughs> your dog's a dog, you have to take common sense, you know, the best food for your dog may not be something that's loaded with grain. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, vets and I've talked to reps and, you know, just people in different areas of the industry and, and nutrition is the last thing that anyone learns about. And it's probably the most important thing that there is. So, um, you know, I don't know. There's just a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things to be wary of, of, you know, the multiple streams of income, um, you know, with the different companies that they have the food for this and the food for that. And, you know, senior, senior dogs, put them on a senior food. And, and, um, I always advised against senior foods because they always tended to be lower in protein. The idea was, oh, dogs that are older, they can't handle a lot of protein. And it was always just kind of weird because there's too much, you know, call it anecdotal evidence or whatever, but, you know, there's so much, so much out there that shows a dog is absolutely perfectly fine eating, you know, the same level of protein or even more when they're older, um, as long as it's a good source of protein, but replacing that protein and saying, okay, now we're just going to do a rice and chicken diet instead of a chicken rice diet and put in even more carbohydrates. You know, I don't understand that or diet foods that are, are all rice and all carb. I mean, you know, just the whole, it's just crazy to me. Um, you know, again, not a vet, not giving veterinary information, but, um, you know, common sense would tell me, you know, that, that you might want to, um, really have your thinking cap on when you're thinking about what to feed your dog. And, and, um, you know, and again, nothing against the vets. I love vets. They, we need vets. Um, it just is a little frustrating, you know, that like that they get so set on, um, what kind of advice to give about food and a lot of their information comes directly from the big huge food companies you know they I mean they just they're so in bed with the vets 
in terms of like supporting them and helping them and ushering them like into their careers and into practices and and all that so it's just like the pharmaceutical industry you know you you kind of have to wonder like where the prompting is coming from is it from a strictly nutritional standpoint of what's best for that dog that is sitting right in front of them in their exam room or is it that it's running through their head that yeah that rep told me you know and it's not maybe not a vet it's just somebody coming from a veterinary um you know dog food company so um it's it's a tricky subject it's it's definitely a tricky subject it's one I can get a little riled up about but um trying not to um you know but again the best food for your dog is the food that your dog does the best on um but it is nice I I mean I love Dr. Becker I love you know what she what she um puts out there you know um information wise and and all this and she's always lovely at the show she's always nice her whole family's very nice um you know so I love what she does for the industry and and to you know help open everyone's eyes and um you know so we can all do the best for our dogs so anyways that was it I I just read the article and and uh kind of prompted me to go on this little rant so anyways any questions or anything always um you know give a call 508-653-7387 um, or you can email uh, info at sniffdog.com is that. You can always check out um, what we have on our website. We're working on some more stuff. It's not the quickest going um, projects that we have going on, but um, but we are working on, on some things. So, um, so always free to reach out, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye.